Hey, a quick note before I start episode five of the Magic at Dinner podcast. In my introduction, I mentioned that my guest has been performing for 30 years. Man, that's a long time. Well, it's also the wrong time. The information I got that from was 20 years old. Hmm. Liberal arts grad. Math is hard for us sometimes. I wanted to clear the air and make sure that you know that he's been performing for 50 years, still going strong. This is a great interview. I can't wait for you to hear it. And now, let's get to it. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. It's Dean Buchek of the Magic at Dinner podcast, episode five. I've got a great guest with me today. He's a 30-year veteran magic performer and public speaker. He's a member of a group of magicians, of which I am a huge fan, called Washington Magic. Uh, he's going to talk about himself, obviously, uh, his role in the Washington, D.C. magic scene. Uh, after that, we're going to get into our new friend, COVID-19, and how it's affecting uh, magicians now. Um, and uh, we'll even get into uh, how it might affect us uh, in the future. Uh, so I'd like to welcome Eric Henning. Hey, Eric. Hey, hi, Dean. Thanks so much for having me. I really oh, appreciate it. Awesome to have you here. You're a person who knows a lot of people. Um, but maybe a lot of people don't know you. So let's, you know, maybe hear a little bit about you and, sure. and your, your role in Washington Magic and who you're working with there. So, Well, we're, yeah, I'm very, very happy. I've been doing magic uh, professionally, uh, not always full time, but I have been doing magic professionally for almost 50 years since I was a kid. Um, it was really the first business I started. Um, and although I did take a 25 year uh, uh not a break. I was doing magic on the side in the weekend, but for 25 years, my full-time living was in the investment field. Um, and uh, I spent a lot of time as a portfolio manager, wrote a newsletter, uh, was a radio personality and, and a speaker on financial topics. Still do that under the financial wizard moniker. Uh, but uh, in 2007, right before the crash, uh, I uh, retired from the investment business and went with magic full-time. And now I mostly do corporate, social, and charity events for adults. Um, the only stuff I do for kids, I have a specialty act. It's a, a wizard show for the Harry Potter fans, the premium show that I do for some, basically for 10-year-olds and 40-year-olds. <laughs> and um, uh, But most of what I do is after dinner time, a corporate client will book me for mm -hmm. Uh, an event, they're doing a private dining uh, room in a fancy restaurant, 20 to 50 people, and I'll come in with a bag and a small sound system, and I'll do 30 to 60 minutes of uh, classical magic, um, humorous uh, storytelling, um, mind reading. Uh, it's very light. It's fun. Uh, it's I'm doing some tricks that people haven't seen in 100 years or more. Um, in fact, the thing that could probably gets the biggest reaction is the oldest trick that I do, which is the Loda, which I have, a, a, I just do it as a, as a throwaway in order to hydrate during the show because I need to take drinks because I get dried out. So those, those restaurants are very dry. Anyway, so I've, I've been doing Magic After Dinner for a whole long time. I even have a website, magicafterdinner.com and a page on Facebook for that. That's my bread and butter. That's most of what I do. In fact, I had one agent that booked me for one corporate client for that kind of a show Two, time, two to four times a month for over six years. So I've, I've got the 10,000 hours in on that. Um, in Washington, we've got a kind of a, a unique situation because uh, Washington is a town that basically empties out on the weekends. A lot of people come in from out of town, lobbyists, politicians. Um, they may have houses here, but a lot of times they're taking off on a Friday night and they're not coming back till Sunday night. It's just a weird situation. 
So trying to get people in on the weekends is tough. The way the hotels make their money and the venues make their money is with wedding receptions. A lot of people get married in Washington, D.C. So the weekends, the big venues like the Willard and the Arts Club and places like that do a lot of their business at weddings. Uh, the, uh, but there is, I think, room for an event on the weekends on a regular basis that will appeal to locals. Uh, what we've done with Washington Magic is I, I kind of hooked up with guys who were already trying to do this. Uh, David Morey is a political consultant. Uh, you've seen him on CNN and Fox. You know, he's one of the talking heads that gets consulted. You see him on, you know, uh, M MSNBC. Well, nobody actually watches MSNBC. But, you know, if you did, you'd see him there, too. And he published <laughs> a number of best-selling books uh, and uh, has actually been an advisor to 19 winning presidential campaigns around the world. So he really knows what he's done. And he's routinely consulted by Apple and Microsoft and big companies. Um, and uh, he's done some amazing, amazing things. Spent, uh, nowadays, until recently, spent about half his time in China. Um, but he decided that he wanted to do kind of what Steve Cohen was doing up in New York with a Millionaire's Magician. And if uh, you want to know how to do this kind of thing, I would highly recommend that you go to Vanishing Inc. and get Steve's booklet called Evergreen, in which he very honestly, I think, and very transparently tells the story of how he built that show. He didn't make any money off of that show for the first five years. The show did not make any money. He got paid because he was basically auditioning in front of people who could pay him to, to come to their parties at $10,000 a pop. And so that's where he made his money. Um, and that's an important principle that we can come back to, circle around to later. So David started doing a show at the Hay Adams and a couple of the premier boutique hotels. And that didn't quite work out. And then he found the Arts Club, which is the former James Monroe Colonial Mansion. It's where James Monroe lived when he was Secretary of State under Jefferson. And then later, as president, he and his wife uh, lived there for a little while while they were renovating, repairing the White House after the War of 1812. So... It's got a lot of history. It's a beautiful historic venue, uh, kind of like the East Coast colonial equivalent of a Magic Castle type of situation. It's actually two townhouses that have been put together, and it contains on the first floor a piano re reception lounge area. There's an upstairs uh, beautiful drawing room also with a piano, and then there's a stage area. Uh, there's a gallery that has room for dining room tables and a, full, and a stage with lights. So this is just the perfect setup. And, and we had valet parking, access to valet parking, which in DC is crucial. So David got, got together with a couple of friends, Savino Racine, who had just sold, after 30 years, sold two of the best Italian restaurants in the country um, and uh, retired as a restaurateur. And he's a wonderful, charming guy. He'd been doing shows in his restaurants. And he does this incredibly charming uh, mentalism with an Italian accent, if you will. And then we got the third, uh, the third musketeer in that group was John McLaughlin, who was a former assistant uh, a deputy secretary, uh, deputy uh, director of the CIA and acting director of the CIA, who is now a professor at the Johns Hopkins uh, Strategic uh, Institute in D.C. and advisor to numerous presidents and also a lifelong, you know, 50 plus years dedicated amateur magician. His cups and balls routine is the stuff of dreams. It's just beautiful. So you had this political operative, a retired restaurateur and a former CIA director, and they put together a show and, and actually a dinner show, which is a little unusual because the arts club said, we'll make money on the, on the food, you make money on the show. 
which is another really good strategy that we might want to talk about a little later in terms of putting together shows, not just in hotels, but also in restaurants. Uh, and uh, it started in, I guess, officially September of 2018, something like that. And until the virus shut everything down, we had, basically we had 17, 18 straight sold out shows. Um, anywhere from 60, because we can put anywhere from 60 to 80 seats in there. And um, so every show is a sold out show when you can adjust the seating size. <laughs> right. And we would, and we would also, you know, percentage of those are comps for booking agents and influencers. And we get some serious VIP people in there. We get a lot of retirees, very wealthy people. And uh, again, when you're trying to do a show like this, it's very upscale. You want to understand the difference between wealth and affluence. Affluent people have a salary. They have a really good job, but they may have no savings. They may have no assets. And if they lost their job, they might be bankrupt in 30 days. Um, these are people who have the big house in the fancy neighborhood with no furniture in it, you know, or they've got the really nice cars, but they're leased. So um, those are great people. Uh, if you, we've all worked for those folks and sometimes they're really nice and sometimes they're really just so concerned about impressing the neighbors that they become a nightmare to work with. But wealthy yeah, we, people, I mean, we definitely, we definitely have those kind of folks here in Indiana too, just like anywhere, everybody, so. yeah, every place has even places that are supposedly, you know, poor, there are always rich people in rich neighborhoods. Um, I met a guy once who was uh, telling me about how he couldn't make a living doing magic because he was in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's where the Kentucky Derby is. It's the richest, right. the single richest athletic event in the world on an annual basis. And you're telling me you can't make a living. Are you joking? Uh, you know, so, I mean, just that's, that's a marketing issue and you need a, a show that will appeal to the market. Obviously you have to have a quality show and we're talking about people Oh, and in terms of the three musketeers, I'm the fourth one. I'm the D'Artagnan because those guys are great and they're wonderful performers and they really are good, but they're not full-time professionals. And I am. Um, so I'm the, I'm the ringer. I'm the guy that comes in and I'm kind of, I'm kind of like Steve Martin on Saturday Night Live back in the seventies. I'm the perpetual right, yeah. special, special guest. I'm not part of the cast, but I'm perpetual special guest. And we get, and, and, a, and a wild and crazy guy, just like Steve. Yeah, so, yeah. A wild and crazy guy. Now, we've had special guests. We had Jeff McBride come in and headline for us in October of, uh, I guess, 2018. I mean, it's just been phenomenal. So uh, it's been great. One of the advantages of having a regular public show where people can buy a ticket to see you is that it gives you credibility with corporate bookers. Because corporate bookers don't really mentally distinguish between magicians and bands and DJs. They want to know where you're working and can they see you. Uh, they, they, they probably will never come and see you, but they'd like to know that they can. And so I've noticed years ago that whenever I had a public show, and most of my shows, of course, are private events. But if I had a public show and I put that information on my website, I would get a bump in calls for corporate bookings because that seems to be an important uh, sort of validation thing. That's a, that's a thing where the, that's, a, that's a criterion, that's a credential is the word I'm looking for. It's a credential people are looking for. Are people willing to buy a ticket to, to see this guy? Uh, because if they are, then he's probably good. Uh, you can be a cover band, but if you're playing in the public, people can buy a ticket. Great. So uh, that's how it kind of came together. And we've had a really good relationship with the folks at the Arts Club and the members. And I've actually been booked by members who hadn't even seen our, our show, hadn't even seen the Washington Magic uh, dinner show. 
uh, and we've gotten great reviews, but I've been booked by club members for their private events already. So it is paying off. It's, it's very, very nice. Um, the other thing is that we're on, you know, we're getting good reviews, uh, tremendous reviews, and we're getting reviews on, you know, Facebook. We're not on uh, TripAdvisor because we're not on regularly enough. If you do a once a month event, which is all we can do right now because everybody else has full-time jobs. Um, and Savino's gotten into the restaurant brokerage business, which is insane. Um, uh, if you're only on once a month or it's not exactly the same day of the month, then TripAdvisor won't let you list your event. Now, some people, there are ways to get around that. And if people want to get in touch with me, I can talk to you about that. But uh, we haven't found the need. Again, we're a very small show. We're not trying to fill 200 seats a night or 500 seats a night. It's not volume. Uh, we're also not charging enough. <laughs> but that's a, that's a whole other thing. We're charging $75 or $85 for the front row. And that's open bar, two words to make everything better, open bar, dinner, which we call it, it's a rustic buffet, things like roast turkey, poached salmon, that sort of thing. Um, and by the way, wealthy people appreciate good food prepared simply. They're tired of people trying to impress them with fancy sauces. And, mm. um, and then we do a show and we do, so we do, we have uh, people doing close-up magic during cocktails. We have two rooms of that. People go upstairs or downstairs. And it's great to see Rahan Jackson uh, do his card manipulations in front of a live piano player. That is just so awesome. And uh, so I or one of the other guys will introduce somebody and we have guests doing close-up. Uh, we have Krishan Mathur, who's a retired uh, doctor and MD. Uh, we have a number of people that have come in and done close-up with us. Um, and, then, uh, and then we um, let people load up for dinner and they go and sit down in the stage area and have dinner. And uh, usually people are done within about 15 minutes. It's surprising how fast they eat. Uh, we let them get, you know, another drink, you know, make a visit to the little room if they need to. And uh, so we'll, st we'll open the doors at 6.30 and we'll start the show probably about 7.30. Uh, you know, we'll open the doors at 6.30, do close-up magic till 10 after 6, dinner from 10 after 6 to uh, 10 after 7, excuse me, till 7.30. And then we'll do 7.30. The idea is 7.30 to 9. We run straight through with no intermission. Uh, try to do 90 minutes or less. 75 to 90 minutes is what you want. Because we've already done close-up and we've already done dinner and we don't want them to be exhausted. And we're constantly experimenting. This has given us a real great uh, feel for this. And what we found is having three performers, uh, one of whom is the MC, seems to work really well. So you have an MC introducing everybody and doing a very short bit of magic. Uh, David likes to do Torch to Rose and a Silk Fountain, which is beautiful. And so then he'll introduce yeah. somebody who will do 20 minutes and then we'll do uh, introduce and then we'll take a, and then in the middle, we'll do a drawing. Here's the other thing you want to use it to build your email list. You, uh, we do a drawing for free tickets to the next show. So we have slips of paper and people write their email address, their name and their email address on there. And they're giving us their email address for our email list. And so a lot of people come and they bring guests. So we get the guests emails. We're constantly building our email list. We don't want to do it all on Facebook. We don't want to do it on Instagram or Twitter because these, those uh, things, just their algorithms constantly change. I want, we want it to be our email list, which we own and which we will always own and we can always control. Uh, take, a, take a lesson from really good regional and local bands. Bands are always, you, know, you go to a band concert or you go to a bar band and they always have the sheet of paper, sign up for our email list. You know, you'll get first notice about shows and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, so the one thing, yeah, the one thing about yeah, one thing about bands is that yeah, when it comes to marketing, you know, like you said, I mean they're they're pesky, which is good. I mean they it it helps yeah. you know grease the the tires you know or the wheels and um and and uh, yeah, then you know I see it all over you know Facebook and not from the bands, it's from friends of mine who go, hey, you got to go down to the blah blah and watch such and such band name. I'm going to be there Friday night and yeah, so it's 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 very interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And the other thing is that we're with email, we're dripping on them at least once a month, even if we're not doing a show. <clears throat> if we're doing a show like every couple of weeks, we'll do an email. And it doesn't necessarily it'll remind them about the upcoming shows, but we'll also have and say an inspirational message or a link to something some other magician is doing, you know, that sort of thing. So that's really good. Plus, David's constantly doing books. You know, David, uh, David co-wrote <clears throat> a book called... Um, Creating Business Magic, which I highly recommend for everyone who runs their own business, especially. But it's called Creating Business Magic. He co-wrote it with Eugene Berger, God rest his soul, and John McLaughlin, the aforementioned former acting director of the CIA, who's part of the team. And that book became the first book. It was a number one bestseller on Amazon. But within six months of its publication in August of 2018, it was on the Inc. Magazine's list of 100 essential business books. So their 100 book bookshelf now has that book. That's ne it's unprecedented. I hate that word. I'm sorry. I'm never going to use it again. Uh, that's all right. I actually hundred. bought, I, I bought the audiobook and the, uh, and the paper. Uh, Cause yeah, they're both, I they're both wanted to get, yeah, I wanted to get it from two yeah. different. And I've just, and I've started them a couple chapters in. it's really good. I highly recommend yeah, it. David and David has a new bestseller which has the worst title in history, but it's selling like crazy and it's called Innovating Innovation. Uh, but I understand what he's trying to say. He's saying basically we've got to, thinking outside the box isn't enough. You've got to be, do even more than that. It's very good stuff. Um, and he's very good at eliciting from successful and you know, hyper successful business leaders, uh, the, the kind of the man behind the curtain, what, what they're doing behind the scenes that makes them so successful and what we can learn from it. The creating business magic is basically what magicians know that business leaders should learn. And it's, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. So um, anyway, that's, a, the, those are some more resources for you, but Washington magic, I'm not saying it's certainly not, we're certainly not successful the way Steve Cohen has been in New York with chamber magic. I would never claim that we're just starting out and we're constantly experimenting. We're tweaking, we're, we're adjusting the show, trying to make it better and better and better. And uh, I'm really excited about it. It's so much fun. Uh, when I started, you know, because I do personal coaching with Jeff McBride, and one of my goals when I started that uh, this time around was to be, have a public, regular public show. And so I've done that. And Jeff, Jeff knew what I wanted to do, and he knew what David was doing. And he said, "Oh, we got to put you guys together." So I got to credit Jeff for putting this, putting us together, and and really helping to uh, uh, send it to the next level. It's been uh, very, very exciting. Okay, so, and, and like I've been a fan, I've been following your your Twitter, and I just love the way you guys present yourself and the, the photographs that you that you share. And I and I, um, you know, in in Indianapolis, we we've been talking for a little while about a you know just like a a, a dinner theater type thing, even even mm -hmm. if it was just uh, just to get back to you know doing that kind of you know that kind of performing, you know, not even looking to you know necessarily you know make any money and and uh and and you guys got this thing going and then people start getting sick you know what the heck yeah you know? and uh so so what you know what then once you know you know 
how did you know what did you guys decide to do uh once people well, started it's, getting sick? it's interesting because we our march show was scheduled for tuesday march 17th which as you know is st patrick's day now if we had been a little bit more on the ball with our marketing we might have gone out early like in january and gone hey you tired of going to the irish bars on st patrick's day where the amateurs hang out they can't hold their liquor and they don't know the lyrics um, you know, come to an adult St. Patrick's Day event and see some real magic. Um, that would have been great, but we didn't do that. And so we said, you know, do we really want to compete with St. Patrick's Day? So we canceled the show. And like three days later, the entire DC area was like, please stay home. Everybody, you know, every, everything started getting canceled. And we looked like geniuses. So obviously we canceled our shows for the foreseeable future. Um, it, we're in a weird situation because DC is part of really uh, a very complicated network of locales and local governments because you don't just have the district of Columbia, which is its own thing. You also have Virginia, uh, especially Northern Virginia, which is almost a separate state and Maryland. So you have this, what we call the DMV, which is a terrible name because other people have departments of motor vehicles, but this is the district Maryland and Virginia. And so if the, if Maryland opens up, but the district and Virginia don't open up, we still can't do our show. So we have to wait until everybody, we have to wait until Maryland, DC and Virginia are all open and the venues open so people can come and see, because if everybody's sheltering in place in Maryland, and for, and for example, Maryland has done a partial reopening, but all of the counties that surround Baltimore and DC are still on lockdown, including Prince George's County, which is where I'm sitting right now. So. You know, so our, if our audience can't get to the show, there's not much point in doing it. Uh, but we do have a plan for marketing with the show. And um, maybe there's some lessons that folks can learn from this. Um, because I think what, let, let's back up to the general question before I tell you what we're doing. What do magicians do during this pandemic? Well, I can tell you what smarter people than I am have been doing and what I'm trying to do. I'm using this time to do several things. Number one, I am rebranding. I am rebranding as the Wizard of Washington, the Capitol Conjurer, the Presidential Prestigitator, try to say that 10 times quickly, the Politician's Magician, uh, trying to position myself in DC kind of the way Steve Cohen has done with himself as the Millionaire's Magician in New York City, and this other gentleman whose name escapes me in Silicon Valley as the Billionaire's Magician. So this is an upscale branding. I'm doing a rebranding, I've got a new logo, I've got an animated version for promo videos I'm going to be doing. So I'm rebranding. The second thing I'm doing, so I've hired a professional graphic artist to do a new logo. I hired a professional animator to animate it. I did not go to Fiverr. I did because you can always tell when somebody went to Fiverr because it's that little flashing, you know, flame zooming around. And well, anyway, you, you don't understand. Right. Yeah. Always flames um, involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always flames involved. Uh, which is ironic because what, what I'll be telling you in a minute. Um, the second thing I'm doing is I'm learning how to be a TV producer. Now, I have a little bit of advantage because when I was in the investment business, I spent 17 years on radio promoting my business. I did a half-hour call-in show for eight years, over 400 weekly broadcasts, live broadcasts. And I did a nightly news report on the market for 17 years. So um, radio is not and, – and I forced myself to listen to the tapes, which is how my voice improved. By the way, if you're not videotaping every show you do, uh, do it now because you, you magicians, I'm talking to everybody, you and me and everyone, because that's the fastest way to improve. 
is videotape yourself, take your phone to every show, tape yourself for reference only, and hire a director, somebody like a Jeff McBride or somebody or a Bob Pitch to look at it and give you direction, give you comments. You will improve, you will level up so fast, it'll make your head spin. But the first time you see yourself on video, you know, after the paramedics have, have revived you, then, you know, it's time to get to work. But videotape every show. You can do that now. If you have a smartphone, you're listening to this on, you know, you can videotape yourself on your phone, and which is probably the best video camera you've got, and, uh, and watch it and, and take notes. Watch it again, take some more notes, and then rehearse and practice and get rid of all the bad stuff. Uh, but we yeah, all I think have to become TV yeah, producers. Definitely. I would think people get caught up with the, you know, they've got the right camera, but, oh, I don't have a podcast or I don't have a, a tripod. I don't have a, I don't have lighting or something. Just stand it up on right. a book, okay, you know, so, or something. And, yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to, here's what you can, one of the things you can do is you can go online, you can get a little uh, a, a, a desk tripod for your iPhone, which is one of these tripods that has these bendable legs that can wrap around a doorknob. Or, a, or sit on a shelf, a bookshelf, or whatever height you want. That's the easiest thing. Just get one of those for a few dollars on uh, whatever. Don't get it on Amazon. Amazon is, is delivering very slowly right now because they are quite properly prioritizing medical equipment. I totally understand that. So go to B&H or some other thing. Just look up, you know, uh, iPhone tripod, and you'll see what I mean. It's a little tiny, almost pocket-sized thing. But you can also just buy a video tripod and put in, and then it, and the uh, iPhone tripod that you bought will have an adapter that can go on it. Um, so you can use that. So buy them both. Let me give you some resources for how to learn how to do, how to set up a Zoom studio in your home because I've done Definitely. Yeah. Um, I have a Zoom room and I'm getting very good comments from people on the few, very few videos I've already done. A Zoom room? You need to trademark that. That's... No, no, no. It's, it's, it's <laughs> commonplace. Right. Okay. So here's some resources. Number one resource is, I don't know when this is going to air. But on Wednesday, uh, May 21st, 2020, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but Jeff McBride has opened up his Monday, Monday night magic school. It's free to everybody now uh, for, for a while. And so you don't have to be a subscriber. You have to be a subscriber for the second hour study hall. But for the first hour where they have special guests, last week they had Marco Tempest, they've had Lance Burden, Max Maven, uh, Paul Draper, um, Mark D'Souza, uh, 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 friends, Harari. I mean, they've had some amazing guests because these guys are all sitting at home too. You know, they've got time. So um, you've been able, people have been able to ask them questions. It's just wonderful. And it's not an expensive subscription. I highly recommend you join because Monday night is a school night and you can do this at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, but it's free right now. And that's a free resource for you. Also, um, on, on uh, YouTube, there's a guy named Dean Selinger, S-E-L-I-N-G-E-R. And I'm sure this will be in the show notes. Uh, and he's got a couple of, he does a, a YouTube channel called Magic Inspire because he's a public speaker as well as a magician. And he's done a number of videos on how to set up your lighting and sound for doing Zoom and doing virtual shows from home. Because that's where we are right now. Everybody's a TV producer. It's all going to be virtual shows for a while. Maybe as long as two years. I don't know. Uh, so you got to learn this stuff. Um, also, Paul Draper, who has done uh, over 50 shows in the last six weeks, 50 virtual shows, everything from corporate keynotes to um, kids shows. And he actually has a Patreon where he's raising money so he can do free shows for underprivileged kids who are home from school and uh, can't see a school assembly. I think it's brilliant. He set up a Zoom room for less than $200 in his own home. 
And he's recorded a, pen, a video that's available as a download on penguinmagic.com. Look up Paul Draper. And he has two videos. He has one on how to set up your Zoom studio for under $200 or your home studio. And the second one is what kind of material tricks to do for that. So, you know, I would take this time to learn the tricks that you can do online and set up your studio and practice and practice and practice before you start advertising the show. Now, there's two things you could do. You can do promo videos, which are great and great to practice with. Do home videos and you can start loading those up on social media and driving traffic to join your email list. This is a time when you can plant those seeds and I would be building your email list. Put up, and I wouldn't necessarily use YouTube as my, as my uh, hosting platform. I would use uh, Vimeo and I would put stuff up. And again, it depends on your audience. If you're a kid show performer, you want to use Facebook and Instagram. If you're uh, targeting older, wealthier people, Facebook for sure. Uh, if your audience target market is college age or younger, you might look at TikTok. You might look at Instagram uh, and Instagram stories and, and Twitter. Twitter is not good for this because the feed moves too fast. So you want to put up stuff maybe once a week. I'm doing some a special promotion that's going to be tied in to my location in Washington, D.C. I'm going to be doing one-minute promos that combine magic and inspirational messages. So that's, um, that's what I'm going to be doing, and I'm working on those now. Uh, so number one, work on new material, rebrand, learn how to use, make a home studio, and learn how to do this stuff on video. Secondly, you want to um, uh, figure out, create a show for this new medium. Now, here's the good news. Can I, can I tell you a couple of good things about this, uh, this whole uh, uh, pandemic? I'll take it, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Here's 10 things that, real quick, here's 10 things that are really good about this pandemic for magicians. Number one, there's no more travel. We don't, all the stuff that we hate about it, all the traveling, sitting in traffic, lugging equipment around, that's over. Don't have to do that anymore. Don't have to lug that thing around anymore, boss. Don't have to do it. Okay. Secondly, because of that, we can do more shows. When I started doing kids magic in the DC area, I could do five shows, six shows on a Saturday. Traffic has gotten so bad. I know magicians in this area, kid show magicians, that if they live in Maryland and they get a show in Virginia, they'll trade it to a Virginia magician so they don't have to cross the river. That's how bad traffic is. You're lucky if you can do two shows a day. Seriously, it's really hard. Wow. So you can do more shows. So volume, volume, volume. You can do five, six, 10 shows a day if you're doing 30 minute Zoom birthday party shows or, or virtual school shows for homeschool kids or whatever you wanna do. And yes, you can do school shows. Uh, we can do true close-up magic. This is great. There is no such thing as close-up magic in the real world because if you have more than five people watching you, it's now parlor magic, right? We understand that, okay? It's really stand-up parlor magic, and that's great. That's my favorite kind of magic, personally. But with TV, you can do, with a camera, you can actually do real close-up magic. And all that stuff that's small, I just did a four-minute routine for a promo video that we're show that we're going to air tomorrow for Washington Magic, and I'm doing the the uh, you know Chenley McBurger, I'm doing the Chenley water uh, suspension with a thumb tip and a and a uh, a, a twenty dollar bill and a streamer rainbow streamer the straw, 
you know, and you can do that now. Can't do that. I mean, that you can make that play big if you're smart, but the point is you don't have to anymore. You can do the stuff with a camera on the table, although I don't, you know, don't spend a lot of time with a camera on your hands and your face out of the picture. But you can do the true close-up magic. In fact, you can do those, remember all those tricks that you bought because the video demo was great from Penguin or Illusionist or these other places? And then you got them and you realized that they look great in the video demo, but you could not do them in the real world because they were too oh. angly. No, I don't, have, I don't have I don't have any of those. No, I don't have yeah. any of those. Get them all out. <laughs> you can get them all out. You can do them now. You can do all of those tricks now because you're on video. So all those tricks, you were so mad. Take them out of the drawer, work them up, and you can do them. And if they're the quicker, if they're a quick hit, do a quick hit and do it for a promo video. If they're longer, you can do it for your show. So learn to be a TV producer. You don't have to, so you by the way, that's another benefit. We're all going to learn how to do TV. So we're all going to be much more comfortable doing TV from now on, which is great. Uh, by the way, you can use fire now, right? Because in venues, there's no venue in the world where you can use fire right now because of Rhode Island. So now you can use fire if you're in your own home. So you can do a hot book. You can do a torch to rose. You can do whatever you want as long as you don't burn your place down. So you can use fire now. Is that great? Um, did I mention volume, volume, volume? You can do, you don't have to charge as much. Yeah. A lot of people are charging 25 to 30% of what they were charging before for the shows. So a birthday party that was $250 might be, you know, um, $100. But if you're doing a $100 or $150 30-minute show and you can do five of them in a day, hey, this is great, Okay. You can do nursing home shows, have them roll out the big screen and bring the people in the room and you can do a remote nursing home show. So there's a lot of these things. By the way, you can use fire. Did I mention you can use fire now? Um, you're going to learn new material. You're going to have to because a lot of stuff is not going to work and you're going to have to learn what works in this new medium or a medium that's new to so many of us. Um, and again, you're going to watch yourself on video, which means you're going to improve a lot faster. And by the way, you can use fire again so excited yeah so i think everybody has probably probably stopped listening to the podcast right now you've just given them uh you know permission to go play with fire so they've they've tuned us <laughs> out we'll, we'll keep talking we'll keep talking they're going to go play with fire get the, the dove pan just, out you know so the numbers are yeah. just completely switched off so my point is this that, that the attitude we should have there are two i'm talking to two kinds of magicians magicians who are sitting around wringing their hands going woe is me i can't work out what am i going to do and people who are rolling up their sleeves and getting busy and saying, okay, what's good about this? What can I do about this? What Paul Draper realized and what we should all realize is this is a huge opportunity. Because of this pandemic, everybody's at home. You're going to reach them through video or some kind of live medium like a Facebook Live or Zoom. Do you know what that means? That means you no longer are a local act. That means your market is national. And if there are 8 million kids a day or a week that have birthdays, you now have all of those people you can market to. And so all of the people that don't have a magician that are living in the middle of Wyoming or Montana, and there isn't, they can't hire a magician because there isn't one within a 250 mile radius. Those people now suddenly have access to great quality entertainment. So you can do a show for somebody in Hawaii or American Samoa or Berlin you know, or Bermuda or whatever. You can do show for anybody in the world, but certainly anybody in the United States, if you get the time zone thing worked out, you can do a show for them. 
So your market is it's everybody now. It's the whole world, which means that if you market to the whole world, you don't need much of a response to fill your schedule. So you can be doing tons of shows right now. Now, what does it mean for now Washington Magic? Do you guys have something coming up? Isn't it uh, tomorrow, the 21st? Yeah. I mean, It's the uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to be airing. Here's our, do you want to, uh, do we have enough time? What, how are we doing on time? Oh, yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we're good. Uh, we're good. Let me tell you the strategy, what we're doing for Washington Magic. We have a five-part marketing strategy that we put together based on the idea that this is going to last a while. And so the first part was, that we uh, canceled our, our shows and let everybody know why we canceled our shows and said, we will be in touch and we refunded everybody's money that had bought tickets. This is important. I went to all the people that had booked me. Now I had, I was in a better position than most people because I had almost virtually shut down my magic business because my mom is 87 and can't live by herself anymore. So we were moving my household. My son and I were moving to a larger place and then we were moving my mom up with us. So we, we moved two households in two months, basically, which was, uh, I, I knew it was going to be a full-time job and it was. So I, I didn't have very many things booked, but I did have a few things booked, particularly for the Easter season, which I do a lot of. And so I went to all those clients immediately and I said, listen, I will be happy to refund your money because I get paid on booking hundred percent. That's my, that's my business plan. Uh, and it works fine. So uh, I said, I'll give you your money back if you want it, or we can reschedule. And nobody asked for their money back. They were so thrilled that I offered. Uh, it really helped improve and build the relationship and build trust. But they said, you know what? We'll reschedule. We've got you. We want you. We'll use you for something else. Or maybe we'll use you for next year. I was like, okay, that's great. You're on, you're on the thing. Give me a date and I'll put you down. So that's the way I left it. But I think it's important, even if you have so-called non-refundable deposits, which actually are a legal fiction, um, you, you, you offer to give the money back if you can. It's the right thing to do. Everybody else is hurting too. So if you're able to. Um, so here's what we did. So, the, so we did that. We canceled the shows. We refunded the money. We explained what we were doing. And we said, we'll keep you posted. That's the important part. We will keep you posted. Stay in touch with your clients. Call them up, not to sell them anything, just to say, say, how are you doing? I care. Boy, howdy, that's a really good thing to do. It'll help, again, build the relationship. And you're no longer just a vendor. Now you're their friend. Uh, and you're not doing it to be manipulative. Call because you really care and really care for them. That's something we can do. It doesn't cost you anything except a couple minutes of your time. And boy, it sure does make people feel uh, great. Okay. So especially if you know people that are isolated, living alone, also those people call them up, see how they're doing. So that was the first part is we said, here's what we're doing and here's why. And then we scheduled the regular emails. Second thing we did was we got all of our performers, our regular performers, to set up a Zoom room in their house. Because Savino's is in his wine cellar. I'm so jealous. It looks brilliant. It looks like a movie <laughs> set. And, um, and to do a short promo video, like a one minute or less promo video with a little piece of magic, kind of a personality piece saying who, who you are. In fact, up on our website, I think we have John McLaughlin's up there now. You can watch that. It's really good. To kind of get just be a warm and fuzzy introduction to each performer. If we had the budget and the time, we would do the equivalent of the background, you know, backstory video that you see for every performer on Penn and Teller Fool Us uh, or American Idol, but we don't have that kind of budget. We don't have that kind of time. We do have as a professional video, ed video editor who can put all those together. Again, somebody you need to have on your team. 
Did I mention this is a time when you can build your team, get your coach or your director. Jeff McBride does personal coaching. I highly recommend it. Um, I spent one day personal coaching with him in 2007 and we tore apart my show and built it back up from nothing in one day. And I made a full-time living with that show for 11 years. So that's, that's a pretty good endorsement. You, yeah. Jeff is pretty, Jeff is not going to make you into a little Jeff McBride. He's going to make you into a better version of yourself. So anyway, um, get a coach, get your video team. There are people who know about video. There are people in your local area. Maybe you know somebody, a local radio station or local TV station who is not working. Pay them for their time and ask them to help you consult on your Zoom, setting up your Zoom room, your home studio. Get those resources I talked about. There's plenty of stuff on YouTube. There's even a YouTube video uh, about how to do for men on the very minimal makeup that you need to do video. And it is minimal. It's just absorbing the oil off your face with oil absorbent pads that you can buy at the drugstore and then brush on a little clear powder to stop the shine. And then that's all you need to do. It's all you need to do. Um, make sure if you wear glasses that they have a non-reflective coating, a non-glare coating and uh, you know, all of that. So these are things. And again, I have a degree in theater, so I, I know how to do lighting. I know how to do sound, um, but there's new technology. So I'm still learning too. Uh, it's all brand new but it's not expensive to do. Um, so our strategy, so everybody set up our Zoom rooms and we did a one minute promo piece and then we did a three to four minute routine. And then, and what we're doing right now is we're dripping the promo pieces every couple of days, we're sending an email out with that. And then we're using those as an intro. And what we've done is we put together a 30 minute uh, video show. It's a virtual parlor show. And it has a, a, an opening and greeting with David. And then he does his opening routine. And then we have each performer. We've got um, John McLaughlin and me and um, uh, uh, Kabir Khan from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, who's the Malaysian cultural ambassador to the United States. Wonderful magician. And David, I think, uh, closes it out. And we, we do those promo pieces and then the three-minute routine. So it's about a 30-minute show. It's very, very nice. We have a lot of fun with it. And then that's going, and the point of that show, which is going to be live on Facebook, uh, no, it's yeah, and on Zoom, um, is that's going to our email list. But the purpose of that is to build the email list. And the idea is here you get a 30-minute sample, like a, Debbie Fields giving you a sample cookie at a cookie store. And if you want the live Zoom show that we're going to do next month, then you have to be, only the email list members will get that information and the password for that. So what we're doing is we're building our email list. So you get the video show for free. If you want to see the live Zoom show, you got to be on our email list. You got to be part of the club. So that's what we're doing is we're building the email list. And then the next step after that is once the venue opens, reopens, even if we can't do shows, we can go down there and we can start filming promo videos at the venue. Uh, because again, if you see the arts club, you will fall in love with it. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, if you go to my Facebook feed, you'll see for my personal Facebook feed and also I think Eric Henning, speaker and magician. If you go back in the feed, you'll see there have been times when we're doing the Washington Magic Show and I will go around during the open bar close-up time videotaping and kind of giving you a feel for the atmosphere because the, the venue really is another character in the show. Um, and then, and then you know, we just keep the lather, rinse, repeat, keep repeating. We do a video show, do a Zoom show, do live, do promos at the venue. Do you know maybe do a video show at the venue before it opens up to the public? 
you know, whatever we can do to move it forward a step, make it a little bit better, a little bit nicer. And the idea is to build demand for the live shows. So that once the live shows are available, they will be a hot ticket. Because I don't believe we'll be at full capacity when things reopen in D.C. I think instead of 60 to 80 people, I think we're going to be allowed to do more like 30 or 40. Because of social distancing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, every, everybody's going to feel that squeeze, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's great. It means you just raise your prices. Instead of $75, this is going to be a hundred, uh, it's going to be, you know, um, $125 ticket, uh, uh, $200 a couple. Yeah, for your show, it's for your show. It's okay. Um, I, I don't want to go see the next Marvel movie and pay 45 bucks for my, for my ticket because I got to sit six seats away from well, you know, my daughter. The movies, but, yeah. the, the movies are really problematic because now their movies are opening online and people are streaming them. And I think that may kill movie theaters. I think it really may kill movie theaters. I don't, I don't know. Movie attendance at the movies, what the dirty little secret of the movie business is that their revenues have been going up every year because they've been raising ticket prices faster than the audience can drop off. But attendance at movies has been declining for more than a decade. I mean, it really is. Been overall, it's been declining dramatically because people are waiting to just say, I'll see it at home because they've got a 65, 80 inch TV at home. You know, why should they go to a big crowd where people are using their cell phones and talking and making out when they can be at home and watch it in their own privacy and yell at the screen? You know, why not? Yeah, so Definitely, yeah. You know, so I think movies are one of the, the industries that really suffer. I think drive-in movies come back in a big way. Um, drive-in theaters, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the, the Yeah, I've the read that, and, yeah. Well, everything that's old is new again. Um, but that's what now, we can talk if you want, but again, I know we're coming up on time here. Uh, we can talk about um, what, how to work in this environment. I will say to you, uh, let me just finish by saying how you can do interactive magic on a Zoom show. Uh, because people don't realize that there are ways that you can still do a lot of almost everything that we normally do. For example, you can do a signed card to wallet in a Zoom show. Did you know that? Well, I, there are a lot of people that, that would go, what? What's he talking about there? So Exactly. Here's what you do. It's simplicity itself. Let's say you've got 50 people watching you on a Zoom show. They're all on mute, which is too bad because you can't hear them applaud and everything, but it, it's important. So it's, um, uh, so they're all on mute, and then you, un, you, you, know, you have to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want to participate, if you want to help me with this trick. And the first hand you see, you unmute them, say, I saw your hand first, just like our kid show entertainers will remember this. Uh, yeah, I saw your hand first. What's your name? Okay, great. Uh, you know, uh, here's a card. Say stop at any card. Okay, great. I will know what the card is, but it doesn't matter because you'll see why in a minute. You take out a Sharpie and you say, give me a four-digit number. Live on, on Zoom. Give me a four-digit number or a short word that I can write on there. And they give you something unique, a four-digit number or a word. And you write it in big letters on the face of the card with a Sharpie, and now you have a unique object. You can do that, you can mark a coin that way, you can mark a card that way, you can sign a bill that way, and do all of the unique object to impossible location tricks that we love so much. So that's a little gift for you where you can do that. That's a great, uh, great tip. The, uh, uh, you, can, you can have that interaction, you can give people choices, you can do magician's choice, you can do a cups and balls routine and let somebody choose which cup the balls will appear under. All of those things you can do still via Zoom. And you want things that are very visual. 
You don't want a lot of complicated um, stuff. You want mentalism to be, you can do the invisible deck on Zoom. You can do Bill Abbott's smart ass on Zoom. You know, uh, you know, if you wanted to do smart ass on Zoom, instead of having a spectator sit on the card, jumbo card, what you could do is you can tape it face out uh, on your back and just not turn your back. Uh, and you can, you can have them pick the card and they see the card and they're like, I had a prediction here somewhere. And you turn around and they see the jumbo card on your back. And that gets the laugh and that completes, you know, that gets it done. Yeah. You know, and did we mention, laugh? did we mention you can use fire too? But again, the fire. People are going to be so excited to, to have the permission to go light something on yeah. fire. So we're going to have a whole generation of magicians with no eyebrows now. Um, but the, uh, yeah, no, it's, no, it's great. So, so I hope that I've communicated that this is not the devastation that, because people still need entertainment. They desperately need it. They need something. Uh, and by the way, this is a time, once you get your Zoom room set up and you can do stuff live, talk, get in touch with your local TV stations, the local affiliates for the network TV station, because they're desperate for visuals that don't involve body counts. They want something upbeat to talk about. They want some, something that will appeal to families that's positive that people will enjoy. And boy, are we right in the sweet spot for that. Well, how do you do magic on Zoom? Well, let me show you. I've got this $20 bill. Give me a four-digit number. Boom. Now I'm going to tear it in half or whatever. Whatever. Keep it quick. Now magic on TV needs to be very quick and very visual. So do the quick visual stuff. Again, this is the kind of stuff where you can do um, some of that. Uh, those tricks that you bought from you know, online. Uh, those are great for TV because, again, you don't have to worry about angles. You can do a torn and restored cigarette paper. You know, you know all that stuff is very, very uh, fiddly and angly. You can do. Just make sure you have thoroughly, thoroughly rehearsed it and you are totally on it before you attempt it on live TV. Uh, I would do stuff that you're already doing in your Zoom shows, already doing in your promo videos, stuff you've done for a long time that you don't have to think about. Because whenever you add, if you're doing live TV, you're going to be a little nervous. Whenever you add another layer like video or live TV or a microphone that you're not used to using or whatever, um, it takes you down a notch. You lose a little bit. Be, uh, and so you need to, but you need to stay above that level that you set for yourself of quality. You need to stay above the quality line. So use material that you're thoroughly familiar with. And finally, I'm going to leave you with uh, get a cameraman, get somebody to help you. There might be a cameraman from your TV station that is unemployed, or you might have a teenager, somebody in your family that can come and help you. You can get a, what's called a gimbal. It's like a steady cam thing. It's basically a, a, that holds a smartphone. And it, it's basically a handle with a gyroscope that keeps your phone level. And it avoids that shaky camera and, and things that make people nauseous when they watch a video. Yeah, every other ad, these, every other ad on my Instagram is for one of those things. I'm surprised I haven't well, bought one. Well, you can get them. Is, you can get them for a hundred bucks now. They're very easy to use, and you get and you can actually sit it on top of a video tripod. You can you can screw it into a tripod, and you can set it up with the right app. You can set it up so it'll follow your face automatically. The camera, the gimbal will make the camera follow your face, and then wow. you don't need a camera. Then you're all set. Um, but again, how to set up your Zoom room. There's lots of resources out there. Um, look them up. You know, Paul Draper, like I said, has that. Um, and again, uh, tonight is starting this class at Mystery School. 
Jeffrey Christ Ministry School. They will offer it again if you miss it this time. But it's online. Those classes are online. It's like $145. They're doing it much cheaper and with for a lot more people because people don't have to, you don't have to go to Vegas anymore for this. You can, it's all online now. So there you go. Oh, and by the way, the other reason to join the Monday night McBride Magic and Mystery School uh, uh, class is that the previous 400, almost 470 episodes, because they've been doing this for nine years, they got more experience doing stuff on Skype and Zoom than anybody. Uh, they, it's all been archived. You can go back and watch all of those old shows and learn stuff. And one more resource for you, MagicFlix. MagicFlix.com. Use promo code McBride, get it for seven days for free. And uh, it's a huge library of magic that you would normally have to buy on DVDs. All of the Stevens Magic, Greater Magic Library is there. Um, Eugene Berger, Jeff McBride, a lot of stuff is on there. Some great, great material if you're looking for new material. Yeah, I, I checked I, it out, uh, and yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Eugene stuff out there. You know, if, if just go out, just watch that alone. If that's all you, the time you have before your well, your free again, week, might yeah. be better just use. You know, my thing is, if you don't want to spend any money, you don't have to spend any money. Go on YouTube, learn how to set up a Zoom show. Look at what you've already got. If you've got clip-on lamps, you can use those for side lights. There's a lot of stuff you can do with what you already have. You don't have to spend tons of money on anything. Okay. So that's, so my message is take heart. This is a huge opportunity for you to plow under the old field, plant new seeds and grow something really awesome in your magic business. That's so, awesome. Um, awesome by advice. So, I mean, definitely I would love to have a, a you know, another episode. I'd love to dig into, uh, the next couple of years, especially with table hopping, which obviously is, yes. is deadsies right now. So let's, yes. you know, let's save that. And I wouldn't mind if you have a couple of Eugene stories, you know, cause I don't get tired <laughs> of hearing, I don't get tired of hearing Eugene stories. So, uh, and I, well, yeah, I've got I've a couple got myself. of myself. I got a you couple know, so. of table hopping stories because I did, you know, I did three presidential inaugurals. So that you, you want to talk about table hopping, go to an event where it's uh, a $50 million event. It's five. Uh, it's five thousand people paying ten thousand dollars a plate, and uh, table hop at that. <laughs> wow, that's that's a so war. We'll, that's a war story. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Our don't, takeaways uh, today, I think, are yeah. Don't be afraid. Build your email list. You know, definitely. Uh, Eric gives everyone permission to use fire at home and lots of it. No, you know? I didn't uh, say that. I said you can uh, because you're not. Hey, check, no, your, check, your, just, check your local I fire no responsibility. statutes. I take no yes. responsibility if you burn your place down. Definitely. Check with the fire marshal. He'll, he'll probably tell you not to and then go do it anyway. So that, no, that no, dove no. pan was expensive. You should use it. So, uh, but thanks. <laughs> thanks, Eric. You, you've been, you've Save been great. The such, Save such, the dog. Yes. <laughs> great, great information. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, you know, get another uh, episode in the can with you. Uh, how about some oh, contact information, websites, anything? Website. That okay, let's get a website. My website, if you want my, I actually wrote a book on restaurant magic a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. You I've been reading the that wand, too lately, yes. The, the wand.net, that's still available, the wand.net, T-H-E-W-A-N-D dot N-E-T. Uh, I'm all over the place. Just do a search for Eric Henning. I am not the retired insurance commissioner of Michigan. I'm not a country singer in Nashville, nor am I the uh, Swedish scientist who's the world leading authority on dragonflies. I am the magician guy. So that, that's the guy you want to look up. And nor, are you, or, nor are you Doug's cousin. Okay. So no, 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 no. Washingtonmagic.com is the site for Washington Magic. You can get an idea of what we're doing. And uh, join the email list if you want to see the video show tomorrow night.
Sounds great. Uh, well, we'll definitely get this episode out as quickly as possible so, so people can you know, sign up for your email list and, and, and participate in the show. Eric, thank you so much. I, I appreciate your time. This has, been, this has just been terrific. And that wraps it up for episode five of the Magic at Dinner podcast. Hope you uh, enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back soon with episode six.